Um, okay, good evening. Today is Tuesday, October 4th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, this week's chapter is There is a Solution, and our speaker tonight is Bill VL. Welcome, Bill VL, and thank you so much. Go ahead. Yes, um, I'm Bill and um, compulsive our reader. Been in program uh, since 1989, 33 years, and maintaining 140 pound weight loss. Uh, Roseanne always liked to qualify. What I'm gonna do is, um, is I'm actually going to share my screen here briefly. I hope, we'll see how this works. Whoops, uh, somehow I'm not this, I have not been made co-host, okay. I can't share. Should have checked. Sorry about that, everyone. Just take a second. There we are. That's me. Let's try one more time. One more time. Let's see here. There we go. Um, so get this right. Hopefully I'll get this up. Um, you should be looking at me at uh, age uh, about six months right here. And what I thought I would just sort of walk through my, my life history real quick in pictures. So you can see what I was like and in, in this is standard, you know, what was, what was I like? What did I do? And uh, what am I like now type scenario? And, you know, so there was my grandfather. You can notice that the gentleman is just a little bit uptight. Uh, that was basically as casual as he got, okay, <laughs> in this particular picture. Um, ended up living with this the last couple of years of his life, and I took Durston um, through his last days. There was me at two, and you can see basically I was a little bit chuggy, chunky. My uh, mother says it was due to the fact that I was, uh, she tried to nurse me and it didn't work very well, and she pushed a lot of bottles down me. Here, I was, you know, just sort of a normal kid at age five and uh, got glasses when I was four, basically blind in one eye, can't see out of the other. It was pretty classic. <clears throat> there was me as a playing baseball. Now, for somebody who's blind in one eye, if anybody ever knows played baseball or anything like tennis, if you can imagine trying to do that with one eye closed and no depth perception, this was me basically wanting to participate. I wanted to be part of the group. I really wanted to participate in, in anything I could possibly do. Um, I was a swimmer. Oops, sorry. I was a swimmer in high school. And uh, you can see I was, had gotten down uh, from the chunky kid in the baseball outfit. I was pretty lean in me at this point playing football, and which actually was a pretty good sport for me. Uh, but then switching over to swimming was kind of, kind of a stupid thing, too, because uh, I sink. So, but, and I was a nerdy kid, as you can see by this was, I really thought this was fantastic, but I ended up getting uh, my, this was my Christmas, uh, my senior year, the, those are my main presents for that year were uh, uh, a blazer, a straight tie, and that, that was the first suit coat I ever owned, and a briefcase to go away to college in. Uh, I don't know if I ever used that briefcase or not, but it's, it's like, that was me. And I, again, wanted to participate. I was in the Michigan marching band. There's me on the upper left there as the tuba player. Um, 
And this was just a shortly before my wife and I were married, uh, when 50, 51 years ago. And just is just to sort of show that uh, several of the people in the group, that's one uncle, there's another uncle, that's one of my cousins. There's another cousin back here. You can't see his stomach, but I guarantee it's there. Um, and uh, at that point, I wasn't too big. I was still um, in marching band and doing stuff. Um, this is me when I joined Weight Watchers. So I proceeded to gain about five or 10 pounds. Um, I'm sorry, when I joined Overeaters Anonymous in 1989. Um, it was about 290 to 300 pounds in this picture. I got up slightly after this to about three, or slightly before this, I was actually up to 330 pounds was my, my top. Um, after eight years in program, that was me. I'd lost some weight, but not dramatic amounts. And um, it was basically, I was sort of yo-yoing weight-wise, but I was truly, I felt for the first time in my life, I wasn't just bouncing all over the place. I was somewhere around this weight, which was about 290 pounds within about plus or minus five or 10 pounds for a bunch of years. And that was the first time I hadn't just been constantly, insanely thinking about diets or feeling deprived because I was on a diet. And this was me 10 years in the program that had gotten me back up to about 310 pounds, somewhere in that neighborhood, 300. And this was me six years later with one of my dear friends. And I put her in here sort of out of sequence a little bit um, because she basically was a person who walked up to me at one point and I've been in program, I've been in physical recovery for about six years, seven years, eight years at that time, I guess. And um, she walked up to me and, and punched me in the stomach and said, you got something going on there? She loved me enough that she was willing to say, you got a problem. I'm here to help you if you need it. Uh, and she was a crazy lady, but just absolutely wonderful. This was me shortly after that, is it? But I, this was me about <clears throat> I, doing my uh, first sprint triathlon with my daughter. I was uh, probably about uh, 220 pounds at this thing, at 210 maybe. And what was happening was I was basically in a place where I had decided that I was gonna follow the big book explicitly where it says, you'll recoil from a hot flame. And I tried intuitive eating for a while and that did not work uh, for me. I had in 2000 basically gotten to a place where I'd taken a personal inventory about food and I realized that I lied to myself about food and I needed to weigh and measure. And this was my attempt at basically, well, if I just do things naturally, yada, yada, yada. Um, and basically what it confirmed to me was that no, you really do need to weigh and measure everything you do because otherwise you'll continue to lie to yourself. This is me with my wife, my bride of 51 years, um, a couple of years back, about five years ago. And this is me very recently on the uh, Appalachian Trail, finishing mile roughly somewhere around about mile 100 of the 200 miles that my hiking partner and I have finished of the Appalachian Trail. And at 73, to be able to be blessed to be able to do that is uh, 
just to me, that's what the program's all been about. It's just the physical, but more so the spiritual recovery. And just as much as I have physically stayed in reasonable shape, um, I weigh about 195, 190 right now. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, where I'm at. <clears throat> and one of the other pictures I just came up with, if some of you haven't seen this one, is this is Dr. Bob's Trust God, Clean House, Help Others. Now, I found that to be so true. If I follow this prescription, uh, basically, the blessings of the program come true for me. I'm going to shut this down and stop this share real quick. And I'm going to open up another screen, I hope. Okay. How are we doing time-wise? Um, my timer is blocked, so uh, let me uh, get to that. When you're on, when you're on the screen, I can't see the timer. Sorry. Okay. Oh, you you can't see the timer. I'll stop for a second. Can you tell me the time? I'll set I'll set a timer here. Where are we time-wise, please? Oh, Leslie, you're muted. We don't know. Yes. Okay. Somebody got a vague idea where we are time-wise. <laughs> How much yeah, time have we left? You have 15? 10 minutes and 38 seconds left. I'm sorry? 10 minutes and 38 seconds. Okay. So we're way past five minutes. Okay. Sorry about that. I thought you wanted the five so, minutes at the end. That's okay. We'll just... Doesn't, doesn't surprise me. My ADHD basically had no sense of time or anything else. Um, do you want five minutes every time, every five minutes, or do you want five minutes at the end? I want it every five minutes. Yes, please. Oh, so sorry. Okay. Sorry. Anyway. Um, so here we go. Um, ah, right. Here we are. All right. So what I have is a uh, annotated version of the big book of An Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, just to show, let you know what you're looking at. This is basically uh, a download that I got. Uh, back when it was very easy to get them. It's not as easy anymore. The 100, first 164 pages of the big book are, in fact, uh, not copyrighted. Henceforth, are available to uh, really to do whatever you want with them. But uh, I would strongly suggest nobody ever modify any of them in the sense of the actual content. Um, <clears throat> and I'm just going to briefly jump into the floor. This. The one thing about the big book to me is it's a series Bill just goes into all of the steps, and you basically can find within them a reoccurring cyclic um, going through steps one through steps 12, and he basically just does it over and over again. And almost every chapter, you will find all of this, all of the steps. And, you know, he starts off in the forward to the second edition where they're talking about, um, if I can get this right to the right place. Sorry. Um, this place right here, and I have highlighted in different colors. And this color basically I use to say, this is what the fellowship's about. And from the doctor, um, and the broker had learned the grave nature of alcoholism, that it was a disease. Though he could not accept the tenets of the Oxford group, he was convinced of the need for moral inventory, confession of personal defects, 
restitution to those harmed, helpfulness to others, and the necessity of a belief in and dependence upon God. So those were his basic um, tenets of the, that Bill Wilson went forward in terms of the background of this book. Um, when you come back then in Bill's story, on page nine through, um, place. Sorry. Page 9 through 15. Bill, basically, you'll find every one of the steps as he goes through them. Um, and basically, the talks he'd had, how his friend had been saved, and basically said, like myself, he admitted complete defeat. And that to me is the key right here. You know, it's like step one. It's like Bill's basically saying, I'm, I'm beat, you know, this is my step one. Um, and then basically what you see is he proceeds on, you know, why don't you choose your own con conception of God? Step three, you know, step two and three. And it was a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required of me to make my beginning. I saw that growth could start from that point upon the foundation of complete willingness. I might build what I saw on my friend. What would I have it? Of course I would. Thus I was convinced that God is concerned with us humans when we want him enough. At long last I saw, I felt. And then you see that's in green. Those are the actions. Those are the actions Bill took in steps two and three. And then this next color is basically um, scales of pride and prejudice fell from my eyes. A new world came into view, the promises. I find the big book is a series of basically action, prayers, and promises. And they repeat over and over again. And there's other places where it describes the, the fellowship and the nature of the recovery. But pretty much it's a, here's, here's the actions we took, do them. Here's the prayers we prayed, pray them. And if you do, Here's the promises you will see in your life. You see this action where Billy has step three on page. He basically offered himself to God. So with that, I'm going to jump into it. There is a solution. Hopefully, we'll have enough time that I don't waste all the time. Five minutes and 14 seconds left. Thank you very much. So in this place, we of Alcoholics Anonymous know thousands of men and women who once just as hopeless as Bill. Nearly all have recovered. They have a solution. They have solved the drink problem. So it basically, they, are we recovering or recovered? Basically, right here in a most place through the rest of the book, you're going to see it says recovered. There's only one place that says recovering. And uh, it basically, you can be totally recovered from this disease. Um, we had come to believe it an illness. And that's another key. It's like that. Number one, we admit we're powerless over food, you know, food and that our lives have become unmanageable. And that, that's the fundamental beginning. It's just like, this is a disease, it's not a sin. It's probably the greatest thing that happened to me when I came into program. Um, this next place, which is basically a description of the program, but it's the ex-problem drinker who has found the solution, is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. 
Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. Uh, he obviously knows what he is talking about, that his whole deportment shouts at the new prospects that he is with them. He, he is a man with real answers. He has no attitude or holier, holier than thou, nothing, whatever, except the sincere desire to be helpful. And it's like I constantly ask myself, is that what I'm doing? Am I getting my ego out of the way every time I work with a newcomer? None of us makes a sole vocation of this. We feel that elimination of our drink, our drinking is but a beginning. And, you know, <clears throat> most of us sense that the real tolerance of others, people's shortcomings and viewpoints and respects to their opinions are attitudes which make us more useful to others. Now, this is one I wish after 33 years in program, I still had the magic bullet, but you know, the, the tolerance, uh, love and tolerance, as Chuck Chamberlain used to say, my, your, his job was to love all of God's kids, all of them, not some of them, but all of them. And if there's anybody basically you say something negative about, you harm yourself, not anybody else. And any negative thing you say about any human being on the planet is basically something that damages your own recovery and your own well-being and your peace of mind. Um, you may have already asked yourself why it is that all of us became so ill from drinking. You know, have you asked, have you, have you asked yourself, you know, how did I get this sick? Where did I get to? And when I came in at 300, 300 plus pounds, you know, clearly I damaged my body. And I, at 73, still have repercussions from that damage that I did. But it's the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically. And this is like, that's the purpose of this book. It is, this is the how-to book. You know, it's like the answers are here. It's like, these are the actions. And if you go through them and you actually highlight where they are and you ask yourself, is this how I'm living my life? Is this, have I taken every action in this book? If you haven't, why not? You know, if you're not in a place where you're feeling, you know, serene and peaceful most of the time, not overly pissed off at the rest of the planet or thinking that you've been wronged or that somebody's been wronged by somebody else, something da 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 da. Where is it? Um, what about the real alcoholic? This place is basically, you know, a place in my being where I see when I go through the here, I ask myself over and over again, how does this relate to food? And I find those answers when I go to the book, Overeaters Anonymous, the stories, and read the appendices, the introduction, our invitation to you, and the appendices basically give the correlating pieces here to allow me to really look and see just how the disease has destroyed my life. Um, and, you know, we cannot answer the riddle. Perhaps, you know, there never will be a full answer to the questions. Opinions vary considerably. Why the alcoholic reacts differently from, you know, why do I react differently to food? Why, when I consume sugar, do I have three to five days of physical craving? Why, when I basically have something else, what happens to me? Uh, and, you know, we cannot answer the riddle. Understanding of myself, and, and, it, and it doesn't really matter because whether I understand it or not, it's like I'm still, you know, understanding is the booby prize of life. You know, living and being in action is what actually gets us there. Uh, 
you know, and these are things you may tell the whole truth. These are basic things about describing the nature of the disease. And that's what this color is about. But I want that's to sort of get to the actions. That's time, Bill. Okay. If you give me about two minutes, I'm going to wrap. But we saw that it really worked in others. And we had become to believe in the hopelessness and fertility of life as we had been living it. When, therefore, we were approached by those who had the problems had been solved, there was nothing left but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. And have I picked them up? You know, have I picked up the big book? Have I really done it? And this is the place where this promises are beautiful, but it takes a little bit long. Um, it gets into basically more description around the alcoholic. But um, so our hope is that many alcoholic men and women desperately need will see these pages. And we believe that it is only by fully disclosing ourselves and our problem that they will be persuaded to say, yes, I am one of them too. I must have this thing. And that to me is the key. This book basically is something, it's there. It's got the solutions, it's got the answers, it's got the actions, it's got the promises and it's got the prayers. Um, and most of the way through the rest of the book, you'll find the prayers. Uh, in this particular, every time, if I Googled, when I, this version I Googled, we ask, and that's where I got the prayers from. With that, I think I'm supposed to open it up for um, at least maybe about six or five or six minutes of questions. I've, I've gone over time. Thank you all. Thank you so much, Bill. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares, as this is a big book study. Sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine, if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper time please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up? If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Okay, I see one niece and go ahead, one niece. Or was it not? You're muted. Yes, there I got you. muted. <laughs> okay. Hi, my name is Juanice, and I'm a recovery compulsive overeater in California. And thank you so much, people. <laughs> oh my God, I wish we had more time so I could listen to them pieces, piece by piece, and listen to you explain it. But I am going to get you a question. It's coming. You know, um, you had said actions, prayers, promises, you can be totally recovered from this disease, but you, and um, the other thing you said is, if you haven't done everything in this book, why haven't you? <laughs> you made it so simple. It's so simple, right? So my question is, yes, yes. I, I, I understand, I, I have neutrality. I wanted you to talk on though, if you don't mind keeping it. Because if you you said if you if you haven't done everything in this book, you know there's a part of the continue doing. 
to maintain the spiritual, you know, uh, maintenance. So please, sir, please. Okay, so um, I guess the biggest piece is just working with others and giving service. Uh, I've tried to participate at the intergroup and the region and world service and, um, you know, be there. And the biggest thing though is, is that's useful to me. Uh, hopefully I've been of some use to this, to the fellowship, but the biggest thing is, is the people I've sponsored and each one of them, I basically try to take through this book. And every time I go through this book, there's new wet ink. Um, and that's, I get to redo the steps over and over again. And I get to keep asking myself the question about, oh, there's an action. I didn't highlight it last time. You know, do I need to highlight it? And where do I need to go with it? And how do I need to come, you know, what do I need to be doing? Uh, really, I started doing the big book in 2000. And that's when I got physical recovery. Um, I'd gotten emotional recovery up to that point. But really, I had not gotten significant physical recovery in this program. And from that point on, even though I at one point gained 40 pounds as I did my intuitive eating exercise, um, I was, I never was crazy about the food. I was never binging. I was never, never went back to binging. I never felt like I was in relapse. Um, but it was like, clearly I'm a stubborn, crazy person. And it like, took me like four years to get that no matter how much I changed it, modified it or whatever, it just was not working. You know, it was like, I basically have damaged the, my, oh, you're full. <laughs> I don't have that fixed. I don't, I do not know. Oh, full. What is that? Uh, doesn't exist. Some kind of massive quantities where uh, it, you know, takes so it stops. Anyway, thanks. Thank you so much, Juanis, for the question and Bill for the answer. And the next hand I see is Stacy. Hi, Bill. Thank you so much for your share um, about like kind of going up and down. I've never fully gone through the steps. For some reason, every time I hit step four, I seem to relapse. I don't know if it's too slow. I go through and I know the deal. Um, other aspects of my life, I seem to, you know, lose control and surrender, but it's with the food and one aspect is I still spit and chew out food around step four. I don't know what it is. And I'm actually like so tired of it. I'm like really ready to surrender, let the BS be gone. Um, and I'm a teacher and I work with a lot of people. A, I work in a psych ward and I'm just coming back after being abstinent for about eight months due to a major car accident. And I guess a lot's going on, you know, also within me and but just listening to you it just gives me hope and inspiration so I just want to say thank you for your share and you know I've never left away since I entered and I know the answer is the answers are in the big book so I just want to say thank you so much and for everyone else giving service night and with that I will pass Thank you so much, Stacy. And next up, we have Judy. Was there a specific question in there you wanted me to answer, or? Oh, I think I think that was just a share. They can share okay, or. That's fine. Yeah. No, I got it. I got it. That's fine. I just I thought there was a question, so that's fine. Um, my name is Jody, and I'm a compulsive over under eater. And thank you everybody for your service. 
And um, I am so glad that Lisa asked um, you, Bill, to speak tonight. And um, I'm just so touched um, hearing your story again and just all, um, all that you've taught me as my sponsor since 2014 <laughs> and um, just how you just brought everything together. We're just so well prepared and just um, gave such insight into the big book. And I love seeing the pictures and just um, hearing your story. And every time I get something new from it and I'm just um, blessed and privileged to hear it and I'll pass. Thank you so much, Jody. And next up, we have Nancy P. Hi, I'm Nancy P. Recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. Um, thank you so much, Bill. That was excellent. I just have a, um, a small comment, and I love it. I just went over this with a sponsor this morning. Um, there was a solution, and you know, like you said, every time. I go, th I take a sponsor through through the steps. I go through them too. And I do a written 11 step inventory every night so that I don't really do, uh, I don't, that's the one thing that I don't do is a fourth step over and over again because I stay on top of it. But, um, you know, I tell my sponsees all the time, like, just like what it says, you know, we will tell you what we have done. Like I tell them, this is what I did. If you don't do this, you don't have to do it my way. If you don't do this, it's not going to affect my recovery. It's going to affect your recovery. And they they want to hear that. They want to hear, you know, I love it when I, you know, we will answer such questions specifically because every time I read that, I always say this, I said it this morning, every time I read that, I'm on the edge of my seat just in case something changes. You know, when they say, you know, just what do we mean by that and just what do we do? I'm there, like, tell me, what do you mean? What do I do? Because you know, I also have been in this program for quite some time and I never, I never did what I was told. I never did what my sponsors would tell me and I never did what the book said. And guess what happened? Nothing. But when I did do exactly what the book said, I got better. And I thought, you know, it, towards the end, before I finally surrendered, my life was such a disaster. You know, I had a family situation that was just, a, just awful and um, I thought I was never, ever going to get better. I thought I was never going to stop crying. And, um, you know, I'm, I went, I had this little job. I'm a shop girl now. I love it. Um, so I was on my way to work and I was talking to somebody and she's like, I don't know. What am I going to do? And I said, you're not special. If you do the, what it, the book says, I guarantee it I, on my children's lives, you will get what they say. But if you don't do that, you will not get anything. And it's it's free it's abundant and it's available to everybody especially the people that aren't yet recovered especially them anybody that's not recovered if you do what the book says ferociously with no distractions you will get what you need you will get recovered and i just want to say one last thing at the end i've always read it this way i must have this thing not my diagnosis but my recovery i must have this thing no matter what, I must have this thing. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Nancy. And next up, we have Ian F. Hi, I'm Ian F. I'm a compulsive overeater. Uh, thank you, Bill, for your share. That was awesome. Lots of stuff stuck out to me. Um, I think my favorite one was was you you were talking about how knowledge is is actually not that valuable. Um, which has certainly been my experience because I, I remember when I came to the program, I read the whole big book 
<laughs> uh, and I didn't do anything that it said. And I binged and binged and starved and purged and did that for a while. Um, and it wasn't until I read the big book and did what it said um, that I got that I got recovered. And I think I'm firmly believe that Yoda is an alcoholic. And I'll do or do not. There is no try, right? And it's like I, there are instructions and I do them. Uh, and I still fall into this hole sometimes of, you know, not with food, but with like self-centeredness where I'll, you know, I'll, I'll stop making calls for a day for it. And I won't make any calls. No, I'll go to work. No, I'll start to feel really icky and I'll go to the bathroom and I'll look at myself forlornly in the mirror. And I'm like, why are you so self-centered? And why? <laughs> and the answer is that I'm trying to think my way out of this, which doesn't work. Um, and that's what the big book was all about. It's about doing things, about action. Um, and that, that just really stuck out to me. So, so I appreciate that. That's all I've got. Love you guys. Thank you so much, Ian. Um, and we will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares. Would the Zoom host please stop the recording?